fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. This word about him spread throughout all Judea and all the surrounding country. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, this. Good morning, church. That worked. There it goes. All right. Happy Sunday. Man, look at all you. You guys look good today. I think you guys know when it's baptism Sunday, everybody kind of like gets in their best. That's all right. You look good. Some of you ladies get your hair done. I've seen it. Today, and that's for good reason. That's for good reason. It's not in vain. This is a really special day for the life of our church. We get to today welcome some of our children into the family of God. We get to welcome them into the family. We're also in the second week of a series we're doing in the study in Galatians. Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, and the series we're calling Set Free, because what we're doing chapter by chapter, we're walking through Galatians and seeing how in Jesus we are set free. We're truly set free. So we've been exploring that. Our passage this morning, I don't know, did y'all hear it? Chapter 1 still, verse 11 through 24, comes from this particular part in, in, uh, in the passage where Paul retells his story of conversion. If you know anything about Paul, uh, he was not always Paul, he was Saul, and he has a crazy story. If you think there's no way I can come to the Lord, if Paul came to the Lord, you can come to the Lord. Trust me, I'll tell you a little bit more. Stay tuned. He was the kind of guy who kept the Jewish law zealously. You could not outdo Paul. That's who Paul was. He was like religion to the max. Following all the rules, all the observances, didn't miss a beat. This was Paul, okay? He lived by the book. And yet, he tells us this morning that none of it, none of it, amounted really to anything in comparison to this moment when he came face to face with the living Jesus and everything changed. Paul was finally set free. Can I read for you what he writes in verse 11? For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, he's speaking to the church, having all that in the background, think of this, having all that in the background, this is what Paul writes to us. I want you to know this, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin, for I did not receive it from any human source, nor was I taught it, but listen, I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have heard, no doubt, of my earlier life. I got a past. Don't we all? I, but Paul's was special. Listen to this. He says, I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. Verse 14, I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age. For I was, he was the top, the top percentile of his class, you know what I'm saying? In persecuting the church and living the Jewish law, he was like a champion of this. For I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. Hmm. The Torah, the commandments of God, the way of Judaism. Paul, you could not outdo Paul. 
Paul was the man when it came to living by the law. And he was actually the same person who was responsible for the first Christian martyr, Stephen. Do you know this story of Stephen? He was stoned to death when the church, the early church was being persecuted. Guess who was holding their coats so that Stephen could be stoned? Saul, soon to be Paul. That was this guy killing the church. He's not lying. He's like, I violently persecuted the church of God is what he says in verse 13. This guy. Until one day, he was radically and utterly changed once and for all. There's, there was nothing else like this moment that he had on the road to Damascus when Jesus, a revelation, he's not, he's not being like, you know, eloquent or poetic here when he says a revelation of Jesus Christ. He literally was revealed to Jesus. Jesus met him on the road, knocked him off his horse, made him blind for three days, kind of revelation of Jesus Christ. He changed his name from Saul to Paul. He blinded him. But those weren't even the big changes. What comes later is what Paul's telling us right here. None of the stuff that I observed when I was a Jew, when I was following the law, none of that compared to the change that I experienced when I came face to face with the living Jesus. So Paul's writing to us. This Paul. You guys got this in picture? Everybody with me here? This Paul saying to us, listen, listen up, church. You cannot outdo me in the religious game. I've got that on lock. Game over. Champions. Like the Warriors will be soon. No matter how good your church... I know, that's messed up. Nobody caught that. That's all right. No matter how good your church attendance is, people, no matter how good your religious observances are, no matter how many Bible verses you know, no matter how Christian you think you got your game, you still can never outdo Paul. You could feed the poor all day long. Paul did it better. Uh, how, how nice are you to other people? All these little things in our hearts and in our heads that we think if we do these things, then, then like we're in good shape. We're making our lives right. Those things aren't bad. Those things aren't bad. But guess what? Those things do not change you like meeting Jesus, the living Jesus. Those things have nothing on living and encountering the, meeting, uh, the living Jesus. And this is what I want to look at today. There's two ways that, that folks, like Paul, what we see in Paul's story, there's two ways that people come about a relationship with Jesus. Two ways that people come about religion. It's, it's really this simple. Paul, before he was, he was obeying the law, to the T, right? And this is what Paul's logic, this is how Paul lived, okay, with me? I believe, I believe in God, believe in all these things, okay, check. I obey, I obey the law, I got the law like down, perfectly, wonderful. Next step, I am made right with God. Let's do that again. I believe in God. I obey his law and his commandments. And then I am made right with him. You guys, may, some of you may be thinking, yeah, not right? That's how you do it. Isn't that the good news? That's not the good news, people. This is what Paul is so adamantly writing to us. Look, I know of all people, I know. You've got to listen to me. That is not the gospel. Here is the logic of the gospel. Follow with me. I believe in Jesus. I am made right with God. I am set free to obey him. Can we do that again? The first one, before, with the law, Paul. I believe in God. I obey. I'm made right. No, 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 that's not it. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I am therefore made right with him. Done. Now, now from this place, I am set free to obey his law and his commandments, his goodwill. You see how drastic the two are? You've got to remember uh, our context in Galatians. Paul's not just writing into a vacuum. He's writing to a church where there's a group that says, no, 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 to be a Christian, you have to be circumcised. You have to first be a Jewish, circumcised Jew. Then you can be a Jesus follower, and then you're made right with God. Translation, I believe, 
I obey, I'm circumcised, and then I'm made right with God. And Paul's saying, these people, I don't know who these jokers think they are. This is not the gospel. I came to you before, and I told you what the gospel is, and then you got these jokers that came in, and they like rewrote things for you, and I'm writing to you again to set things straight. Once and for all, here's how it goes. Believe in Jesus. You're set right with God. You're made right with God. You are justified before God. Now you are free to obey. Now your whole life is set free to participate in the goodness of God. The first track, that first thing that Paul's writing against, this is how every other major world religion works, to my knowledge. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you become a follower of some religion, and you say, oh, I believe. I subscribe to this set of beliefs, right? And then what do they say next? Now do these things, and you will find nirvana or peace or like wholeness or whatever, right? I believe these things. I participate in these things, and, and I obey, and then I, things are made right in my life. Christianity and the gospel is the only news that says, no, if you believe in Jesus, you are made right with God, and then you are set free to obey. Do you see how crazy this is? How wonderfully different this is from every other claim to religion and truth and reality in the world. This is the gospel. Amen? Y'all with me this morning? This is the gospel, people. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You can be from the cradle, known Jesus my whole life. That's fine. That's, I praise the Lord. That's a wonderful gift. It doesn't matter where you went to school, what denomination you've come from, whether you're part of a better church or not so much of a better church. Or, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what... what, what clubs or affiliations you're with, who you are. kind of None of this matters until this has clicked with you about the gospel. You are not living in the goodness of God. You haven't heard and believed the gospel. Unless you believe in Jesus and understand that you don't have to obey to be made right with him. You are made right with him because you believe in Jesus, because you put your trust and embrace the truth about who he is as the son of God. You're made right with God. Your sins are forgiven. Now, now you're set free to obey God and live out of joy and peace and the goodness of God. I've known people who have been Christians their whole life and this has never clicked with them. I've been going to church, Sean, for years and I've never heard this before. Oh, I don't know where you've been going, but this is what Paul's writing to us. This is what scripture is saying to us. You cannot earn your way into favor with God. That's not how it works. That's terrible news. You know why? Because all of us would fail and we have failed. Game over. This is good news because Jesus says, because of me, if you put your trust in me, you are made right with God. If you turn from your sin and repent and say, not my ways anymore, Lord, but I put my, my trust and my faith in you, Jesus, you're made right with God. Hallelujah. Now, from that place, you're free to obey. In that place, you guys, it kind of feels like you've kind of finally arrived, you know, in life. Things are as they should be. If you think a competing gospel might be, well, Sean, let's, but let's get real here for a second. Um, things will be made right in my life when my bank account is where I want it to be. I just need, I just need a little bit more. Then I'll be made, made right with God. You know, you know what, Sean? Not that. I'm, I'm not a sucker for that. I know that's not true. But I do need this relationship in my life. Until I get that relationship in my life, th then I'll be made right. Things will be set. If people would just respect me at work, if I would just have the kind of recognition that I deserve, then things would be made right. If people, if I would just be a little bit more appreciated, then if I could just do these things, then I will be made right with God. You hear what that, that is? 
If I could just, I believe in Jesus, that's wonderful, but if I could just get these things lined up, get my life kind of ordered, find that, that right, just that in the groove kind of thing, and then my, my faith will work with Jesus, it'll all work out, but I, I just need to fill in the blank, and I'll be made right with God. That is not the gospel, friends, and this is exactly what Paul is writing to warn us about. If you think, let me hit a little closer to home, if you think your morning devotion times make you right with God, you are doing them for the totally the wrong reasons. Stop doing them. Goodness. You're going to hurt yourself, you know? If you feel bad because you stink at that stuff, I never do morning devotions. I never pray. I never read the Bible, Sean. I got like so much guilt about that. I can't even, I'm not right with God. That is not what makes you right with God. Hallelujah. Good news for you. Good news for all of us, seriously, though. And that stuff's wonderful. You do that. I do that stuff. But we do that once we've been made right with God. We do that because we love to do it. Because it comes from a place of joy and peace. Jesus, we want to know you. We want to read about your life. We want to participate in your way of doing things. Not because we're trying to earn our way to, be, to find the approval of God. Listen, church, it's not, I believe... I do the religious thing, and then I'm made right with God. That's not the way we do this. That is not the gospel. The gospel is not spiritual advice. It's not even life coaching. It's not like a nice way of doing things. It happens to be. But that is not the gospel, following Jesus. The gospel is actually news. Do you know that the gospel means uh, good news? It is not advice. It is actually an announcement, a statement, a claim about what is true and what is real. It is news. Here's what's happening, people. Deal with it. That is more the shape of the gospel. That's the tone of the gospel. Not, hey, you know, this is a good way to go about things. You'll feel fulfilled, and Jesus is a nice guy. Um, I would recommend this. That's terrible. That's not the gospel. The gospel is an announcement that God is reconciling all things to himself. That is what's happening. Deal with it. Now respond. God is making things right. You are not making things right. You hear that? Jesus is the only one who lived that good and perfect life that we so desire. Jesus is the only one whose death actually has the power to forgive sin. Not yours, not anybody else's. Only Jesus' death has the power to forgive the sins of the world. And only Jesus' resurrection, his coming back to life, has overcome the death that awaits every single one of us. Do you follow that? His life, his death, his resurrection, only Jesus can make things right with us and God. And it is only Jesus who ascended to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Did you all ascend to sit at the... No, you didn't. Only Jesus ascends to sit at the right hand of the Father with all authority and all power to direct the course of human history to his goodwill, to its perfect end. That is Jesus. That's the one we're coming to. And when we put our trust in him, when we, when we look to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're the only way. What great news. And we put our faith and our life and our trust in him. We, and we turn from sin and say, Lord, take me. Forgive my sin. Guess what? Your life is made right with God. Done. And now you are set free. All the shackles and chains are torn off of you. And now you get to participate and follow him. There's nothing else to gain. Listen, church. There is nothing else to gain in your life once you've gained the son of God. There's nothing more to prove once you've been accepted by the Father in heaven. Whose approval do you need when you have our Father in heaven who has accepted you? There's nothing more to fear 
Nothing to be afraid of when you have been filled with God's life and his power by the Holy Spirit. What have you to fear? Friends, Jesus died our death so that we could live his life. That's the gospel. So believe. Respond to that by putting your belief in it, your trust in it, and then live. There's a, you know, you guys heard the question, people say, what if you're going to die tomorrow? You should put your trust in Jesus. I think a way more interesting question is, what if you actually live tomorrow? How are you going to spend the rest of your life? Put your trust in him and live. And when you put your trust in him, you're set free to live. If you're trying to live after Jesus and you haven't put your trust in him and you, don't, you, haven't, you haven't realized that you're already made right with God and you don't have to prove it, it's such an oppressive way to follow him and it's not going to work. It's going to drive you into the ground and leave you empty. There's only one way to follow him. There's only one invitation that Jesus gives to us. It's put your trust in me and now you're set free. Now live with me in that order and it actually matters. You guys tracking with me? It is so critical that you get this. This is actually great news. This is such good news for us. In Jesus, we're free from getting busy doing all of those religious things that we think make things right in our lives, that we think make us worthy or make us whole. Some of you I know, uh, and I've, I just, I, mean, I mingle with our people. We know each other, right? I know some of you are on this desperate hunt looking for something to justify you, to make you right, to make you whole, to make you valued, for people to recognize you, those, to make you respected. Those are all wonderful things. Every human being wants them. But listen, if this is you, your hunt is over. What you've been looking for is life in Jesus. That's the only place you're ever going to find it. Can we just like cut that corner? I'll give you a shortcut. Stop looking. It's Jesus. That's what you're looking for. That filled upness that you're desiring, those, those longings that you have in your soul to be accepted and loved and known, you only find that in Jesus in a way that will just never change, that will always fulfill you. Now, I keep saying this phrase, in Jesus, in Christ, life in Jesus, in him. You guys notice that? What do, what do I mean by that? Is this like just religious talk? How do we put our trust in Jesus? How are we changed forever, freed to grow in Christ and be changed how does that happen? How do we enter into the life of Jesus? Baptism, Jesus tells us. He commands us, hey, everybody, put your trust in me. Be baptized. Why does he say that? In holy baptism, scripture tells us that we are changed. This is what happens in baptism. And this is why I love using this like huge grave-looking um, tank, stock tank. Because in baptism, we are actually um, unified with Christ in his death and burial in the watery grave and brought to new life in him by his resurrection. And you can see that. That's why I love it. Those poor children are about to get dunked, and you all see it. In baptism, we are made a new creation. We're made God's own forever, his children, and we're filled with his spirit. We're made a member of the family of God. We get to live in Jesus through baptism. And is that the end of it? Done. Don't have to worry about anything for the rest of your life. No. You'd be missing the point if you're baptized and then you checked out for the rest of your life. And church, we're baptizing these kids. It's on us to raise them up in the way of the Lord. We cannot abandon them. Too many churches have done that and it's, it's like left damage like crazy. That is not us. We will not be those people. We're going to participate and take vows and fulfill those vows. This is just the beginning, baptism is. 
for these kids, especially, and for us as God's family. We are set free from sin. Then we're set free to live. We're given a fresh start to actually live and follow Jesus. And this is what we celebrate with our kids this morning. What an amazing thing to celebrate, that our kids are being brought into the family of God and set free from sin to follow Jesus, to live in his goodness, to do what he says, not from a place of guilt or burden out of religious, like, you know, obligation, but out of joy. Because this is the way to do it. There's so much life in it, so much goodness in it. There's life in Jesus. We're free to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're free to love God with all of us through the waters of baptism. And as a community, we're going to take vows for our kids. And I just mentioned this, but we take this really seriously. And I'm going to show you these vows that we're going to take in just a second. If you are here today and you're like, look, there's no way I'm going to be keeping these vows to raise these kids, I would just recommend that you just listen. That's, that's totally fine. But these vows actually mean a great deal to our community here. And and you're invited to take those vows and participate. Say, hey, as much as I'm able to, I'm going to raise these kids in the way of the Lord with you guys. That's the invitation that comes with that vow with the church. And so at also, um, there's going to be a baptismal covenant when each of you get to remember, if you were baptized, that, hey, I was baptized. And this is what it means in my life. And now this, I get to be reminded of who I am. My identity in Jesus is sealed once and for all. And I'm made right. I don't have to do anything more because Jesus has made me right. And so I'm set free to follow Jesus. There's going to be a time for us to remember that as well. So church, it's like all of us. Where we're coming to the waters of baptism this morning, whether you have been baptized, maybe you haven't been baptized, you're all invited to come to the waters and be set free in Jesus, to live as his own and to obey him. Because because you have already been made right with him. Does that make sense? If you're not baptized, or maybe you haven't put your faith in Jesus, I, I want to invite you this morning. There's no other person like Jesus. There's no other life. It's not just like better life. It's actually just life, and life to the fullest is what we find in Jesus. And you, every single one of you are invited. If you don't know him, if, you haven't, if that hasn't clicked, I invite you this morning, decide. It's that simple. Put your trust in him. This is the way it's going to be now in my life. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. You're invited to do that. At the, at, during communion, we have people in the back who are willing to pray for you. I would say, go and, go and tell these people, hey, I want to put my, my trust and follow Jesus. Or maybe I, this is the first time I've really heard the gospel this way, that I've been made right with God. I'm set free. I want to invite you. Go and talk to those people and have them pray for you. Tell them what's going on, and they'd love to pray for you. As we come to the waters this morning, let's come bearing the truth that in Christ we are already made right with God. And th therefore, free to live out of, out of totally different motivations than out of religious burden or guilt or shame or any of that kind of stuff. We have nothing to prove. We have nothing to earn. In baptism, we gain it all because we gain Christ. Amen? Y'all with me? Let me say that again. This is kind of a big punctuated point here. Because of baptism, we gain it all because we gain Christ. Amen. All right. Well, we are free now to live changed lives. So let's do that. And let's have our first act be coming to the waters and taking vows with our children and, and experiencing this wonderful moment. Should we do that now? Let's do it. Oh, if you haven't got your kids out of the nursery, now's the time to do that. This is a family event. And you guys can all gather around the baptismal tank over here. Splash zone seating for the children. Is uh is Britt here? Where's Britt? There she is. 
All right, everybody gather around, get comfortable. Yeah, you are. Oh, that's right, that's right. Thank you. Now, um, hey, what's the color stole I'm wearing right here? Green. It's what color is this? Green. Why are we wearing green? What time is it in the church year? Ordinary time. It's time for growing, right? Green, that's right. It's the growing season. Well, when we come to baptism, it's like a mini Easter. What's the color for Easter? White. It's a mini Easter. Why is this a mini Easter? What happens on Easter morning? God. Baptisms happen. That's right. God comes back to life. Who's that? Jesus. He comes, he busts out of the grave, right? Don't be afraid, everybody. So to, ha to celebrate and see this mini Easter, I'm going to change my ordinary time green growing time stole. We're going to put on a white one. All right. Can I get a prayer book? Can I get that one from you there, Dad? Thanks. Could you hold this for me? In just a second, all right. In just a second, I'll tell you what. All right, folks, we're going to be on page 301. We're going to pray together. And get ready for baptism here. Okay, kids, hey, you can be near the water, but just don't splash a ton, okay? Just watch it for now. Trust me, there'll be plenty of time to splash. I'll tell you when, okay? You hang tight, though. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have the candidates for Holy Baptism be presented, and then we're going to go through an examination saying, hey, you know what this means? And they're going to say, yes, we know what this means. And in fact, here's, here's our commitment to this. And then there's going to be a place on the second page. Uh, if you flip over to 303, um, church, your vow, I'm going to turn to you and say, will you witness, you who witness these vows, church, do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ. And we're talking about these children that we're baptizing you who are witnessing this, do you vow to like raise these kids up in the way of the Lord and support them in their life in Jesus? And you're going to, with gusto, say we will. And if you're not a place where you can take that vow, that's fine. That's no big deal. All right? That's a heads up on that. Here we go. So I'm going to invite the parents to present the kids. The candidates for holy baptism will now be presented. Betchons, why don't you go first? You're right here on 301. You got it? Okay. Good. We present Asher Lemuel Falls to receive the sacrament of baptism. Oh, we'll do ours. We present Emery Brighton Ray McCain to receive the sacrament of baptism. One more. Who else are we missing here? Nicholas Asher. Evangeline. Oh, they're not here today. Okay, cool. We got three of them. Let's flip the page over. 302. Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian life, faith and life? I will with God's help. Will you by your prayers and witness help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? I will with God's help. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce them. Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? I, I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. Now, church, you ready? Here we go. Your response is going to be, we will. Church, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? 
Very good. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenants. We're going to be on page 304, and we're going to go through this group interview process together. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will with God's help. Let us now pray for these persons who are to receive the sacraments of new birth uh, and their commitment to Christ. Where are you at, Tish? Go ahead. Tish is going to lead us in some prayer together. After each prayer, I'll pause and you say, Lord, hear our prayer. Deliver them, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open their hearts to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill them with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep them in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach them to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send them into the world in witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring them to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank Almighty God for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the promised land. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the gift of water. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection, and through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into this fellowship those who come in faith, to Him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I know, Nico. Would you hand me that candle, Stephen? He knows what's coming. This is the light of Christ, 
Uh, this is a special candle that you can see on the side that we light at Easter. With this candle, we're going to sanctify this water. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who are here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory now and forever. Everybody said, Amen. All right. We'll get this over with, Nico. Hey, Andrew, or um, Aaron, would you hold this for me, bud? Okay, I need you to stand right over here. Yeah, get a towel ready. Here we go. Hey, Nico, come here, bud. Come here. Come here. Come here. You'll be all right. We'll get it over. You guys got a towel ready? Yeah. You know, this is kind of like us. We come kicking and screaming into the family of God, some of us. It's all right. I know. Okay, guys, watch out. Okay, Nico. Hey, bud. Come on. Nico, I baptize you in the name of God. The Father. Oh, this is going to be tough. The Father and the Son and the Spirit. Yeah, I know, bud. Watch the water here. All right, who's next? Asher? Clothes and all? Why'd I do that? Come here, bud. Okay, Asher. Asher, I baptize you in the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Spirit. All right, Emery. Little bitty one. You guys get your camera ready? It's getting easier and easier every time we go. Here we go. Should be the easiest one. Pictures! Okay. You got pictures? You good? Well, I don't have a camera, but we're okay. Alright. Oh, Steven's taking pictures. There we go. Pictures. Okay, that's good. Ready? Emery. Huh? Oh. Emery, I baptize you in the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. I know it's cold. Can I get some of this? I know. Here. Here. Very good. Very good. All right. All right. We made it. Here, let me let me let me get this soaked up here. There we go. All right, kids. Where's that prayer book? Or right, actually, I'll do the candles first. I'll do the candles. Yeah. All right, kids. Now we're gonna come over here and light these candles for our children. You already have one, brother. Nicholas, the light of Christ, you have passed from darkness into life. Can I take this one? Don't blow it out. Don't blow it out. Oh. Asher, the light of Christ, you have passed from darkness into life. There you go, bud. Look at that. How cool is that? Fire. That's all right. Emery, receive the light of Christ. You have passed from darkness into light. Amen.
Oh, she cries when she looks at me now. I wonder why. Can I get the oil? Just the oil. I know. Okay, one more thing. Here we go. Nicholas, receive the Spirit. You are sealed as Christ's own forever. Amen. Asher, you are sealed by the Spirit of God. Receive God's Spirit. You're Christ's own forever. Emery, you're sealed as Christ's own forever. Receive the Spirit. You're sealed in the Spirit. Amen. Can I hand this to you, Evelyn? Now, where's my, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite parts? All right, so what happens here now, folks, is uh, you all get to remember that uh, you're baptized. And this has some serious implications. I've got to load this puppy up. This is how we do up and carry here at Resurrection. All right. This is more deadly, trust me. Church, remember you are baptized. You are not your own. You are Christ's own. You are part of his body. Remember your baptism. You are Christ's own forever. Remember your baptism. You are Christ's own forever. You are not your own. You are his. Amen. Put this over here. Thanks, bud. Where are we at? Everybody sufficiently wet? You guys remember? Anybody need to remember their baptism? Cameron, you need a little more? All right, we'll take care of that later. All right, let's continue. On page 308, as a church, we're going to welcome all the newly baptized. You guys at the bottom of page 308, you with me on there? I'm going to say, let us welcome the newly baptized, and you all are going to welcome them. Here we go. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you into the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection and share us in his eternal priesthood. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us exchange the peace of the Lord with one another and welcome our new members in the family of God. And be careful, it's a little wet over here, guys.
got to be careful with that. All right, everybody, if you could have a seat, you can find your seat. I'm going to rattle off a few announcements, and we'll continue. Three sixty-one. All right, everybody.